Hi, and welcome to Meet Me in the Middle, the podcast that seeks out the middle ground. I'm Annika Buckle. And I'm Jenny Omani. If you are enjoying the podcast, we would love a share with like a little link function even if you're feeling up to it. Five to star review, nice comments. Um, any love you send towards podcasts makes podcasters like us like super happy and grateful. So if you feel inclined, do those things, please. Thank you in advance for being kind to us. <laughs> um, so today, uh, first of all, this we had a little mini unplanned hiatus because of lots of things going on in both of our lives. You can probably still hear the like remnants of the like week long cough I had. Um, but we decided that we needed to do a part two because after we did our, you know, kind of strategies, the things that we do to um manage and navigate our ADHD we realized there were some like pretty big key <laughs> things that uh we didn't talk about and we want to talk about it and this is our podcast so we can do whatever we want <laughs> so true so <laughs> the first thing we're going to talk about is something that well I don't know Jenny do you want to intro it because I feel like you were the one who suggested it and then when we did it and it worked so wonderfully it was like kind of mind-blowing <laughs> yeah okay so when we um first like officially acknowledged that we very likely had ADHD and got in the cues to like do all the formal processes um we looked into like okay well what are some things we can do in the interim and not surprisingly, especially for women um, at at our age demographic, <laughs> uh, we'd actually been doing most of the sort of recommended things our whole lives. So a lot of it involves like list making for visual reminders, um, like really bringing things to the forefront, setting alarms, having like well-scheduled calendars, giving yourself body breaks, like all of that sort of stuff. All um, the stuff we talked about last time. Yeah, yeah. The current agreed upon um, cause, I guess, or thing that occurs in people with ADHD is a dopamine deficiency. And so all of these things are like ways to kind of like boost your dopamine, right? Your, Make yourself your a list. Yeah, totally. Make yourself a list. And instead of doing the hard thing first, do the easy thing first because you're like, oh, look at me. I did something. And like, oh, dopamine. And then you like move down your list more. So uh, longest intro ever to bring us to kind of the only thing that was on the list that we hadn't done. So we decided to just try it. Um, it's a term called body doubling, also known as having an accountability partner, to be honest. It's like the same <laughs> if you've thing. Ever, if you've ever been in like the wellness world or had like oh. any sort of goal setting that you have uh, <laughs> chosen to do. This is a term that will feel familiar, but is different. I promise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know accountability partners very like cringe, but I mean, it's for lack of a better word. So body doubling is essentially um, either getting in a space, a physical space or a virtual space with somebody and telling them what you're going to do. And then basically they sit there and watch you do it essentially. So for Annika and I, that looks like going to a coffee shop and articulating what shitty things that we don't want to do we're going to do and then we just like sit there and do it and uh it's it's so it's such a weird mental thing because of course Annika's not going to reach across the table and be like you are absolutely hey, hey. not are you calling the car place to get your tires switched are you doing that right now I don't yeah, see you it doing doesn't, that Jenny it doesn't look like Cal tires the number on your phone right now like 
but there's just something about saying it and then having the person there that just sort of you're like okay i'll do it um and i actually personally in a weird way realized i was doing this unintentionally at work i um sign up to proctor and invigilate like every exam on campus because it's like a two to two and a half three hour window where like i'm at a desk and i can only do silent desk things because (laughs) there's a room full of people writing an exam and i love it and it's funny because like the people that i'd frequently invigilate with like we're also like, I love invigilating. I just like get all this shit I don't want to do done. <laughs> and it's true. So it's like all those like naggy work tasks that like submitting mileage, marking papers, like the stuff that like uh, editing documents, the stuff that is easy to be like, well, do that later. You just do it. Uh, and so I don't know, body doubling was super effective. It also kind of puts you in that space of, um, like time crunch, which ADHD brain loves a little pressure. Like you need to do it, right? You procrastinate. You it. It's like you you're put in a, now. yeah, you're put in a state of procrast, a false state of procrastination and you get that like procrastination panic. Very motivating. <laughs> I just hack a little extra dopamine into those really boring tasks. Um, and I think there's something in, for me, like, I find it very easy to start doing something and then I'm like, okay, this is boring and I hate it, but I have this other thing on my list and I can go and do that right now. So I'll get up and I'll go and do something else. So I'm still doing, I'm not doing nothing. I'm still doing mm-hmm. something productive, but it's not the thing that probably I need to be doing or that ev- even if it doesn't need to get done now, it needs to eventually get done. There is something very powerful in the like, no, you can't get up and do something else. No, you can't like find mm-hmm. the paperwork for that thing and start that instead. Like you just kind of have to do the thing that you intend to do, even if you don't want to. <laughs> mm-hmm. And this satisfaction that comes from finishing the thing you've been putting off, especially because it absolutely never takes that long. Like categorically, no. never. It's the shit like, yeah, calling to change your car tires. It's it, that is like a one minute conversation. But it's the and yet calling it and the doing so it good. Yeah, feels impossible it. until it's done. Yeah, exactly. Until it's done. Totally. So yeah, body doubling, I think is a really good one. And it's so easy to do because all you have to do is like, even hop on a zoom with a friend or FaceTime and just work in tandem. Yeah, totally. And it's funny, actually, because um, when you mentioned it to me, Jenny, I realized that I was kind of doing it already. So the Mm -hmm. coffee shop close to um, my house on main street as a JJ bean. And they have this like window round window at the front that has like a long work table in it. So if you're sitting at the end of that, everybody can see what you're working on. Now is everybody walking past you? Like looking at what is up on your screen? No, No, but but the fact that somebody could (laughs) is always enough motivation for me to not like fall down a rabbit hole looking at something irrelevant and to actually Mm -hmm. stay on task so technically you could even body double without a accountable body if you need to you just have to find uh like a coffee shop with a fishbowl window (laughs) right 
So and that like a little bit of like judgment from somebody else, right? Like mm-hmm. is kind of like your push to do that. Like, well, if this mm-hmm. person waiting in line for their Americano sees me like tooling around on, you know, Apple Music, they're gonna judge me. I really should edit this week's podcast. <laughs> they know I should be editing. <laughs> totally. Yeah, totally. for sure. And one of the things I read frequently when I was looking into this whole concept was that you can actually even just tell a friend like, Hey, can you message me? Like I'm working on this today. Can you hold me accountable and message me at this time? And just ask me if I'm done. Totally. Totally. Right. I've had my husband do that. I'm like, can you just baby me and just like follow up at lunchtime when you come in for lunch and can just you please treat me like one of our children who needs to finish a chore. Thank you. Right. Can you yeah. pretend that I am our 10 year old and I want to watch TV, but I haven't done my homework yet. Yeah. So that's body doubling. It's a, it's a super easy thing to do. Um, and like, you can make it really fun and like set coffee dates with your friends and go and work yeah. because what yeah, a nice you bonus. Get... You also yeah. get to hang out with your friend. Isn't that mm-hmm. cool? Mm-hmm. And if you were in an office setting, it'd be super easy to just be like, I, you, can you like do what I do with my husband? Hey, can you just come and like ask me if I finish the thing? Uh, <laughs> I think that's like, I don't know. Anything else to add to that? I feel like it's kind of a simple topic. Yeah, simple. But again, it's kind of like a lot of the ones that we talked about last week. Like it, you, if you think that this is something that could work, you can just try it. And if it doesn't work, then that's okay. Not everything works for everybody. And even again, even if you don't have ADHD, you might find this is a helpful way to do crappy things that you need to yeah. do anyway. <laughs> yeah. Dave calls it eating the frog. And oh, like, that's a business term. Yeah. Oh, yeah, is yeah. it? There's like a there's like a business book about it. And they yeah, ju- yeah. Oh, is that a thing? Yeah, okay. totally. Okay. Well. That's what he calls it. And he just like does the things he doesn't want to do. He does it like basically an hour a week. He just like somehow magically can sit down and be like, it's that's the motivation the things that I don't want to do and just like does them. I can't. I don't know what that's like. I but can't relate. <laughs> so uh, the next thing that we were remiss to not talk about last week, but we realized <laughs> is a tool that we've both been using for a very long time. Again, far far longer than we have recognized our neurodivergence um, is exercise. And if you Mm -hmm. haven't gone back and listened to our episodes on CrossFit or Peloton, you can have a little foray into uh, us deep diving into the problematic nature of some of the things that we love to do for exercise. However, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it doesn't undercut that this is, I think you said it best, Jenny. It's like, it's annoying how well it works actually. Fuck, I hate how much. The thing I hate about how well exercise works is that it is just so like evangelized, right? Like it's like totally. There's such a thing where people. It's just such a exercise is such a tricky thing because it's mm-hmm. so evidence based. Um, especially for women, muscle mass is actually incredibly important as we move towards menopause and perimenopause. Um. And that's tricky because so many of us grew up like with cardio sort of emphasized things and like the don't want to be bulky, don't want to look masculine, right? But like actually muscle mass is so important for like Mm -hmm. bone density. Like it's just so important. And like that's not an opinion. That's like an actual science. Very accepted within the scientific community fact. Um, 
it exercise can just be so performatively depicted, especially on social media. Totally. I wake up and, it- and I exercise and, and it's like, it makes it seem like the lifestyle that's because so much, everything's about creating an image and there's always this starting your day with exercise with these, like, look at my beautiful everything. And I exercise every day and it makes me want to like throw it all in the garbage can. But in the essence of two things can be true, that can be mm. annoying as fuck and not helpful and potentially harmful. And also exercise can be so important. <laughs> totally. Well, and I get, you know, there's so many levels of problematic, you know, yeah. exercise, especially, you know, kind of inside the influencer and wellness communities is mm-hmm. really ableist. It's really yes. white. It's really... um classist you know Mm -hmm. there's a lot of access points that make it really you know that make the at least like the instagrammable exercise very elitist right Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I think it's hard sometimes to separate that from like what can I actually do to move my Mm -hmm. body what am I capable of right now in this moment you know Mm -hmm. and I think that that's where when we're talking about exercise in terms of its uh benefits in relation specifically to ADHD, really we're talking about dopamine production, right? And like when you mm-hmm. exercise, you you make more dopamine, like that's just biophysiological perspective, like that's what's happening. But I also think if we take away some of the not so great nuance that goes along with really depicting exercise as beneficial, there's just a lot, there's no rules with it, actually. Right. Mm, when we say mm-hmm. exercise is helpful, that's just like that can be going for a walk. Walking is like hugely beneficial. Outdoor exercise, like being outside is a really evidence based way to improve your mood hugely. Mm-hmm. Right. Like now, of course, that's also not without um, assumptions like that you have access to clean air. <laughs> That, mm-hmm. you that you have, have somewhere, somewhere safe to walk. That you have time in your day mm-hmm. to go outside for a walk. But I mean, if we can just look at it from for what it's worth, going outside and doing things that involve moving your body is like really good for you at a lot of different levels. You exercise <laughs> a lot and you have for a long time and it's really worked for you. Like, do you want to mm-hmm. talk about it in the CrossFit episode? Um, I think more briefly, but like, do you want to talk a bit about like your sort of uh, experience within mental health and exercise because this is not your first rodeo. No, I have been to uh, multiple rodeos, so it's really <laughs> I it's have really box seats at that rodeo. <laughs> I am queen of the rodeo. Um, it's really interesting because you know in high school I was very much like you know, PE was like the subject that I hated most. You know, mm-hmm. I was like the only girl cut from the grade 10 volleyball team, you know, like it was, I'm so high school traumatized just hearing that like awful. Right. And so, you know, bless her heart. My mom was like, okay, well, you know, we've got to, you know, find things to keep you moving. And so Mm -hmm. her and I used to go to like a women's only gym and like do the circuit with the weights and like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember those. She's fit. Yes, totally. I think it was even a she's fit, but like, I yeah, hated every second of it. I hated it. I never the, like felt... air weights, the resistance. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, yeah. 
I never felt better. Like it, I never felt like I was like doing anything. It was nice to like, you know, spend quality time with my mom, but you know, mm-hmm. I would have appreciated if we could have like gone to a coffee shop to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in my head, it was kind of like, okay, well, this is what you have to do. Like you have to go to a shitty, mm-hmm. boring gym and do something you hate. Otherwise it's not exercise. Mm-hmm. And so when I, by second year university, I think, you know, I was like, okay, you know, I, I've got to, I've got to find a gym and I've got to go to a shitty gym again. Got to find those resistance rate machines. Totally. How um, those? I don't even know. I like, I mean, you know what? They, my mom still does it and she's in fantastic shape. It's like yeah. the right thing for her. So I think yeah, if you, that's a good point. If you do this and you love it, like. That's a great point. Please keep doing it. I yeah, didn't love so it, but I thought it was the only thing that I could do. And then, so this is 2001. There was a yoga class at the She's Fit that I was going to. And I did it and I was like, oh my God, I feel great. That was so fun. And then I found hot I yoga that. and I started going to Bikram and it was like all the dopamine gates just opened right up in my little brain. And I was like, oh my God, this is fun. This can be fun. Shut up. Awesome. Um, and so that was kind of the train that I rode until I became a yoga instructor, which if you've ever monetized your hobbies, you know, it's a good way to kill a hobby. <laughs> it's a good way to take the enjoyment out of something. That's for sure. Yep. To 100%. Aww. And so post having um, my kiddo, I had a um, very common uh, wrist injury, de Corvin's tenosynovitis, and I couldn't do anything. Like I couldn't do mm-hmm. down dog. I couldn't do any of my regular stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was able to start at the gym I go to now. And again, it was like all of a sudden unlocking this whole other thing. I'm like, I hate gyms. Well, this isn't a regular mm-hmm. gym. This is mm-hmm. like a gym where I work with a coach and then there's like a class and there's people and it starts at a time, which was all of the things that I loved about yoga. I'm not mm-hmm. somebody who's capable of just doing a thing in my house. I mm-hmm. have learned that about myself. Um, but discovering that like okay now there's this whole other thing like i can i can get strong and strong actually is good like i actually like yeah, it's actually muscular. really good well yeah. and it's actually super healthy for you totally totally but yeah. like finding a thing where it's like i can just compete with myself i'm not you know mm-hmm. comparing myself to other people um i it really in a lot of ways healed some of the giant rifts I have between my mind and my body and how much I have always hated it. Mm. <laughs> I think like most, a lot, yeah. I shouldn't say most, a lot of women, every woman yeah. I know that grew up in the eighties and nineties, because <clears throat> there's always a problem with it, no matter how good mm-hmm. it it seems to look, you know, it's always not mm-hmm. this or too much this or, you know, so to be able to heal like the piece of it doesn't look right into like, it can do a thing mm-hmm. that was a really that was really eye-opening for me. For me, it's a thing that starts at a time and my friends go. So now, you know, I'm on a very regular schedule. If I wasn't on a regular schedule with this, this is something it's very easy for me. I think with a lot of people, if you have a hard time sticking to something, put yourself on a regular schedule. And again, this is the body doubling because I know Katie is going to be there and Tara is going to be there. Then I can go because they're going to expect me and they're going to be sad if I'm not there. So I have to go. Well, they're going to follow up. Happy I am. Totally. And they'll be like, Hey, you weren't at class like this, this morning or whatever. You weren't at the gym this morning. Like, are you okay? 
And the thought of being like, I just didn't feel like going is harder than just going when you don't feel like it. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. So yeah. yeah. I mean, technically, the reason that I have been able to be so successful with exercise is body doubling. <laughs> Look at That's that. That's so interesting, hey? And I mean, yeah. it really goes to show too the community that you've got at your yeah. gym. Yeah. Which is yeah. phenomenal, right? Because that serves um, a different side of exercise supporting mental health. Totally. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love and that. you're and you're very good at doing a class in your on your bike when you just know you need to do a class on your bike. So I'm coming out of a month where I, I actually don't think I've exercised in the entire month because I've had extremely long work hours and mm. uh, like high stress, uh, both from work and outside of work. And it just left me, A, with the long hours, the only time, the only way to make time for it would have been to wake up at like four in the morning or to exercise after working 10 to 12 hours, coming home, eating, and then exercise. And like, just not, it felt like it would have felt unhealthy and Mm. been on a different side of exercise, Mm -hmm. which is just a tricky place to be. So what I did do though, in all those long days is I left the hospital and went for like a good walk mm-hmm. or like my coffee break. I just like walked. So I got a relatively high step count in those days, which at you least got the fresh me- air. You reset your yes. brain a little bit, right? Like yes. all of those pieces that, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I do really want to focus more on building muscle mass. Um, because I'm super interested, like I'm turning 40 next month and I'm super interested in just really setting like what in my mind, like what is the point of getting like a mental health diagnosis like ADHD and then deciding to take medications and really optimize my experience like as a person um, in this world. And then it's kind of like the next sort of thing is, okay, well, what else? What? Like, I want to be like a fucking cool old person. When right. I'm old. I don't want to break everything. Right. And Mm -hmm. the reality is that, um, having more muscle mass and being more fit means you're less likely to fall. And if you do fall, you're less likely to break something and you're, it just sort of sets, you're really preserving your body to do not to look a certain way, but to actually be, uh, functionally optimize. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, weight, weight training strengthens your bones. And I think again, especially as women, we know that this is something that as we age, we need to be mindful of. This is, Mm -hmm. this is how we get in front of it. Mm -hmm. So I do love, I love, um, my Peloton app. I love the bike, the bike I find great. Like I, I go through cycles and phases with it. The, like, you go through high- cycles with the bike. Oh my God, <laughs> Sorry. I didn't even realize that, but thank you for being lamer than I am in this You're particular welcome. moment. <laughs> uh, but okay, I do, I go God. through, I go through phase. I'm just trying not to use the word seasons because I hate it when people describe their life in seasons. <laughs> um, but I go through phases with it. And, you know, I've been really into the classes. I've done more um, power zone training. Uh, lately, I've just been more into putting on the scenic rides and just like when I have to do a bunch of like stuff on my phone, like if I'm editing reels or, um, photos or just doing stuff 
if I'm like, I really just feel like scrolling, I'll be like, scroll on the bike and at least you're moving your body. Mm-hmm. So for the days where I've just felt more, uh, like it's been more of a challenge to do any kind of exercise, just sort of being like, fuck dude, you can scroll, just like sit on the bike. And I always feel so much better afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also made me realize that I really do need to, uh, have a job space where I can just have it as part of my regular routine. That routine because is huge, right? Huge. And I know that that's yeah. not news or new information for anyone, but no, it's the reality. It's really the truth. <laughs> it's the reality, right? Like, and the thing is, is that I know that I predictably am tired at the end of the day. I'm a morning person. Um, so if I'm functioning really at a high capacity at like 4.35 a.m. with no alarm waking me up, like, of course, by 8 p.m., yeah. I'm tired. Yeah. So while a lot of people put their kids to bed and then exercise and that works for them, like, I w- I'm willing to bet those people are more of like the owl versus the, the lark in terms of their body, right. their body clock. So I just need to sort of honor the fact that like bedtime, like the end of the day is for reading, quiet mm-hmm. time and like sort of cozying in. Um, yeah. So yeah, I've never had a schedule that was regular. I've like historically been a shift worker and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I think that's something that has become apparent that it really needs to be more of a focus is just sort of getting it in. So I'm going to start, um, writing into, into like my schedule, into my day, I was going to say, put it on that list, right? You put yeah. it on the list and then you got to tick it off. Lists. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you kind of need to do it early because like once you've showered mm-hmm. and like done your skincare for the morning. So you're going to put a sports <laughs> bra back on? No. So much work. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, vitamin C serum is expensive. Once that's on in the morning, like <laughs> that is, that's your day. So you're not yeah. washing that off because you're not putting it back on. Yeah. That $200 bottle. You're putting it on once. <laughs> well, but and yeah. I think, you know, again, this, this is like not news or new information, but just remembering like if you are the night owl, it's okay to build in working out at night. Like you're not yeah. morally oh, superior yeah, yeah. because you get up earlier. And I think that's also something yeah, body with that like Instagrammable perfect life is like, well, you're not yeah, a yeah. success if you're not getting up at five o'clock in the morning and exercising yeah. right away. Like, yeah, like I need to wake up before my kids and have my quiet time to kind of just like get myself focused and like, you know, organized for the day. And I know people that absolutely love the fact that they and they feel like success to them looks like not like waking up with their kids and just starting my kid woke me up that was success because I got to sleep as long as I possibly could yeah or like great it's all sort of relative to your own experience but the reality is exercise is like really good for you but it doesn't need to look like anything in particular and I I will once again advocate away it's probably a good yes I will once again advocate that chair yoga is a real thing and it is awesome for people who have mobility issues it's a thing and it counts. (laughs) Yeah. And actually on that note for people with mobility issues, the, when they do like the aqua size at the pools, it's highly adaptable Mm -hmm. for all, like you'll see teenagers who are athletes who like are recovering from like a injury and can't wait there as well to like people that are being lifted into the water from a lift. Right. So I think there's all sorts of ways to achieve exercise, I'm using air quotes in your life, and it doesn't have to look like 
anything in particular other than if you do it and you feel good afterwards, like that's awesome. So if you like lift free weights for five minutes before you shower in the morning, like that's freaking awesome. You, you weight lifted today. You did it. You did it. You thing did it. Yeah. It just, yeah, totally. Yeah. And then our last one is also obvious, but I mean, maybe it's not obvious to everyone. Uh, the last thing that's super, super helpful is therapy. I think that everybody needs to go to therapy for their whole life regularly. That is just my biased opinion. I have had multiple therapists over the course of my life. Um, I don't personally think you need to have the same same therapist forever. I think that there are different I, people. I have done that also. Different I, different seasons of my life, I have different needs. You will absolutely not use that phrase <laughs> in my presence. Um, I think that therapists all... I know that therapists all come with different um, areas of expertise, uh, different uh, methodology in terms of their practice, and that as our lives uh, shift, different people with different lenses can be really helpful and insightful. So I'm on team, you change your therapist as needed. I think most therapists would agree that actually like seeing people and then having them sort of air quotes outgrow them is like kind of a that's sort of the goal in a way and then when something else comes up you find someone who's relevant to that so i don't know like what you said you've sort of been similar yeah i definitely have a number of therapists i've seen over the course of my life and i mm -hmm. i just feel when i'm i need different things it's like totally. i'm not you're not going to get a new pair of running shoes at the grocery store. Well, maybe you will actually, if you're going to superstore, but like, <laughs> I don't know, man, Costco really delivers it all. But <laughs> As a rule, you know, with the exception of superstores, when you're looking yeah. for specialty things, you go to specialty locations, right? My hairdresser yeah. doesn't also do my nails. Right. So I think that it's okay to, to have therapy be more like other modalities of self-care actually maybe that's a better mm -hmm. analogy <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah um, totally because it you know and it, it's actually you know i am specifically right now um looking for somebody right now who can you know therapy me around my adhd which was very mm -hmm. different from what i needed when my dad died two years ago you know it, yeah yeah because there are different people and someone, that's okay <laughs> well and you probably look for someone that was more grief focused right totally. like and they'll all so all therapists will have bios if you're looking like I just found a new therapist for my autistic kid, P.S. I say autistic because um, I've really been looking into wording and within the community of people who have autism, they actually like to call themselves autistic. A lot of them. So that's why I'm it's using like phrase. it's like the word fat, right? If Yes, totally. Right? So, you yes, can... I'm aware of person first um, <laughs> phrasing, but I'm also aware of, um, you know. Nothing, nothing about people, people without yeah. them. Right. Totally. Thank you. That's such a great way of putting yeah. it. Anyway, so my autistic kiddo has like real issues with food, um, like most people with autism. And um, I found a specific therapist to who works with um, different modalities in terms of helping kids with increasing their food intake. So like she's going to go to a clinic that does play-based therapy and they're going to work with her in multi different facets. But one of the facets is getting her to eat more food. Um, also in terms of like emotional regulation and that stuff. But like, of course I went through and I didn't find like someone who, if somebody's bio didn't say they worked with kids, right. Didn't right. say they like, 
I was looking for someone specific. And mm-hmm. the unfortunate thing is, is that the SEO is pretty poor for a lot of um, like counseling practices, websites, mm-hmm. like they're not, there's no shortage of work for therapists and counselors. So there's no incentive to pay somebody to like optimize their SEO. It's just the reality of it. Like, why would you pay for that when you have a full client load? So, um, you do need to chop around a bit and most therapists will do like you do a call where you basically just see if you're a good fit. That's pretty standard practice. Yeah. So, and they expect you to determine whether you are a good fit. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to, you don't owe anybody anything, Yeah. but you may have to be a bit patient and you may, which is really hard if you have an ADHD brain, but you may have to check out a few different people and see if you're a good fit. And honestly, like the vibes is a real thing. Like, Oh, most of the therapists that I have, (laughs) that I have, you know, had my best experiences with, I just kind of knew right away that they were going to be a good fit for me. You can literally not pick a therapist because the vibes are off and that's no, nothing against them at all. It's just not the right fit. Right. And that's how that works. Totally. And it's like dating. You just need to (laughs) talk to different people. And, and that's hard when you're in a place of vulnerability, sort of reaching out saying like, I want some help with something that can be really challenging. So it's definitely, um, it's tricky. It's expensive. Uh, you definitely, it's something that unless you've got extended benefits paying, like I pay 168 bucks an hour for my therapist. And a lot of, a lot of extended benefits don't include your brain because god forbid our mental health is a part of our physical health everybody knows they're totally separate but i think actually you know as much as yes there is absolutely a point of privilege in here i think it's also Mm -hmm. important to remember that there are also accessible price points if you're looking for somebody Mm -hmm. who is newer somebody who is Mm -hmm. in training now that can be a bit of a balancing act when you're looking for somebody with a specific thing who you Mm -hmm. vibe with you know who's also able to be you know within a price range that you can afford but you know again this is where something like a discovery call i don't something like that term i don't know i know is there another name (laughs) I think that's what it is, uh, you know, something like a yeah. uh, um, meet and greet <laughs> is really important. Yeah. So I think, but I think therapy is really important because uh, the more you can vocalize and kind of uh, bring forth, the more somebody else can really help you with what you're saying and how you're feeling. There's just so much validation that goes into therapy there's so much uh, very gentle relearning. Like it's mm-hmm. not, I think people are afraid they're just going to be told they're like a bad person and like it's all in their head. And that's categorically not what is going to happen. I just think it's part of good like maintenance even. Mm-hmm. if you, Even if you're feeling like really good. Like I feel great right now and I am excited when I have, mm-hmm. I go twice a week or twice a month, every second week I have a therapy, like standing therapy appointment. And it's like the ones where I'm like, I don't really need the session end up always being the best sessions. And I now anticipate that like, Ooh, Hmm. I have nothing that I'm worried about that I really want to hash through. Like, I'm so excited to see where this is going to go. And I think also, you know, you can come to a place where you're like, you know what, I've done everything I can with this person right now. And that's Mm -hmm. okay too. Right. Like that's a, the process of, you know, finding what you need when you need it and, and the right practitioner for, the season of life you're in. I'm going to keep saying it now that I know you hate it. I'm sorry. (laughs) 
I think I think also from like a ADHD brain stance, like, and this is probably applicable outside of that demographic, but so many of us spent so many years growing up, like really feeling like, oh my God, I shouldn't have said that. Or, oh my God, like really <laughs> having a hard time with, um, I guess, interactions um, and like reflecting back on interactions mm -hmm. and really being made to feel like you're too much. There's something, especially with women who are, mm -hmm. and like, let's look at our ADHD, like absolutely stereotype demographic, right? this older group like us with later diagnosis are usually like really smart, really sharp, um, louder personalities. And as a result of being a woman who's smart and vocal, there is a <laughs> lot of opportunities for people to feel that they need to like put you down. Yeah. And it's not absolutely. to say that like overstepping hasn't taken place at times. Right. It's not to right. say that like, it, this is just like a pure bullying stance. That's not what it is because there is learning that needs to happen on our side in terms mm -hmm. of um, like not finishing people's sentences, um, <laughs> pretending that you're listening to something, even though you already know what they're going to say. Like you just, it's like, it, it's kind of like a social game that you just have to learn how to play. Right. Mm -hmm. But I really think that there's a lot of, um, chopping people down that happens mm -hmm. particularly in the like women with ADHD subset. And that's sort of what is contributes to poor self-esteem. Um, particularly uh, yeah. with undiagnosed women. I really internalized all of that. Right. Me too. And made it, yeah. made it to mean that I was too much and I was mm -hmm. loud and actually I wasn't smart because if I was mm -hmm. smart, I wouldn't have said that dumb thing and I wouldn't have got mm -hmm. yelled at or I wouldn't have been reprimanded or, you know, all of these mm -hmm. things. Right. People love to correct other people. People love being right. <laughs> yes. Um. So, yeah. And I think that when that's your experience and you're sort of trying to shift away, like rec you recognize that all of that did happen. It's true everything you felt is and was valid, but hashing through how you can actually really step into that and be in a space where it's like actually wicked to be super smart and know your shit and be confident <laughs> and have a voice. Like that's an asset. It shouldn't be minimized. Um, from a societal standpoint, we love to minimize smart women. Um, yeah. we love to, right. Mm -hmm. And, I think that that's where therapy can be so beneficial because um, I've just found personally anyways with my therapist that she's all like, we need more smart, articulate women being smart and articulate mm -hmm. because that's how, that's what the world needs right now. We don't need mm -hmm. any more of the same, mm -hmm. right? We need different opinions. We need different people. That's how we make everything better is different viewpoints voices. echo chamber yeah echo chambers are are not good dangerous right? yeah they are dangerous yeah. the first step is having confidence and mm -hmm. yeah i think when you'd look at people like us you just assume there's a lot of confidence there and like there <laughs> is but also not but it's suppressed right yeah yeah it's yeah. it's i it felt 
in a lot of ways for me, like it was like surgically removed from me. Like mm-hmm. I know I have the space for it. I know it exists in there and mm-hmm. I know how to turn it on in certain social situations. So mm-hmm. it's what people see, but it's mm-hmm. never without this constant running in the background of like all of the things I'm doing wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't 100%. think that's necessarily just ADHD either. I think a lot of that is just the experience of being. We just don't see it as much, um, but it doesn't mean it's not there. So. Yeah. I think that anything self-esteem related can really be teased out well within therapy, right? It's mm-hmm. kind of about like, look, at, like, where did that stem from, right? Mm-hmm. And for us, yeah. at least for me, a lot of that stemmed from growing up and the stories and sort of words that were used um, in hindsight in relation to my ADHD. But for somebody else, that could be um, something that stemmed from abuse or from uh, you know, divorced parents or from, you know what I mean? It could come from so many different places and mm-hmm. therapists are experts at um, sort of teasing through that so that you can, I'm going to use a cheesy phrase, really be the best version of yourself. In every season. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, so yeah, those were the three that we kind of wanted to touch on today. I do just want to drop one little final cherry at the end. It, it just came to mind because Jenny, you, uh, in, sent it to me in a voice memo yesterday this was something that i read as like a joke in a meme and then tried and was like oh shit it totally works um okay blasting know what i said (laughs) i know i know you're gonna it's gonna click when i say it but blasting your favorite songs at maximum volume in your ear holes yeah that is sometimes a the enough of a dopamine hack to get you through sorting through a shelf or oh my god yes some other like mindless but important task you know that you can't necessarily body double for but that you actually have to get done and you need to do it now <laughs> are you gonna tell them what song i told you i still know all the words to are you gonna Gangst- out me it's fine gangster's paradise <laughs> i spotify man it never disappoints i was like <laughs> 90s playlist and Bam. it started off with a little hit me baby one more time. I was like, okay, I could do this. Let's just see where this goes. And then by the time we hit like Coolio, yeah. You were there. You were all over I it. was there. Yeah. And I, I was like, I still know all of these words. And then I played it in the car and my 10-year-old was like, can you change the song? And I was like, no. Absolutely not. No, I still know all, I know all the words. And she was like, oh. Oh, it's, oh God, it's even worse. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it is, I discovered like my 2000s club bangers. I recently made a playlist and when I have the worst tasks to do, I just pop my headphones in and crank it to probably like a dangerous level. And it Mm -hmm. is enough of a hack to get me through the annoying thing. I've been on a real like organizing binge in my house (laughs) the last month and it is so helpful you know how yep. much of a dopamine hack you have to find in order to organize under the bathroom sink? The level mm. is high. <laughs> it's a lot of dopamine. It's a lot yeah. of dopamine. I wonder if Spotify is Dance Mix 95. Thanks so much for listening to Me in the Middle. We really appreciate your support. And if you could do us a good favor and subscribe and share this podcast, it would mean the world to us.